0: Hello and welcome to Queen V, The Life of Queen Victoria. My name is Donnie Hazel and I am your host.
1: If you wish to support this podcast, there will be a link provided for you in the show details and it will be very much appreciated as it goes to help support the cost
0: of maintaining the podcast and our website. With that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Queen V, The Life of of Queen Victoria.
1: So now, based on the letters and diaries of Queen Victoria, Imogen Stubbs takes the lead and presents a portrait of her younger life and the happy years of her marriage. This is the second part of Juliet Ace's Young Victoria. Rumours abound. The Duchess and Sir John Conroy are said to hold the reins, and worries about the princess's failing health have reached us. She was confined to her bed for several weeks, suffering from a variety of ailments, including the possibility of typhoid fever, that very nearly killed her. They say she's diseased in the feet and can hardly walk. And it's come to my ears that the Duke of Cumberland has claimed that one delicate life only stands between him and the crown, and he should yet be king of England. Nevertheless, the princess is much improved and is enjoying the social world. We must go to the Olympic again, Mama. Madame Vestry's theatre is the sweetest, just perfect. I do love balletta. Sit up, Victoria. Or people will think you really are a cripple who has to be carried everywhere. I would like to know who has spread these dreadful rumours. I'm perfectly well, aren't I, Leighton? Our Royal Highness follows the doctor's recommendations. The walks on Hampstead teeth are most beneficial. Didn't you like Mr. Charles Matthews? Most charming actor and never vulgar. I should like to go again. If you will allow yourself to be guided by me and dear Sir John, you may enjoy many more pleasurable evenings. Not if his daughters dine with us as often as they do. Oh, it's been so good this evening, just the three of us. Indeed, my life is sweeter. I much enjoy our visits to the theatre and ballet. But although surrounded by people day and night, I'm still alone, in my head, in my heart and there is a fear of the unknown, of what the future might bring. When I was so ill, and my most vulnerable, Sir John Conroy approached me and tried his utmost to make me sign a paper, appointing him as my private secretary. I resisted. Mama was displeased, but I am certain that I have acted wisely. Uncle Leopold and his good friend Baron Stockmar are aware of the situation and will advise me, I'm sure. In the next few months, Mama has arranged visits from my cousins. Ferdinand and Augustus of Saxe-Coburg arrive in March, Princes Albert and Ernest a little later. The king is not best pleased. He thinks that he should determine who I should become acquainted with rather than Uncle Leopold and Mama. Such control is intolerable. (laughs) one more day, Leithson, and they leave us. You will miss them, madam. Ferdinand and Augustus are the dearest of cousins. They will return one day. Oh, no. Ferdinand is on his way to Portugal to marry Queen Maria de Gloria. Poor boy, he's never met her. Imagine that. I wouldn't countenance such a thing. That is because your royal highness has the freedom to choose. I wonder if that is true. In the end, will they allow me to make up my own mind? Uh, of course. and I don't want them to go. We've had such good conversations, long nights of dancing and laughing. I can't bear to let them disappear. There will be other visitors this year. You will meet so many new friends, madam. The king is still disquieted by visits from Mama and Uncle Leopold's relations. So in order to spite them, he has invited me to a ball at Windsor Castle to meet two cousins from his side of the family, Princes William and Alexander of Orange. Sit down, child. You look flushed and out of breath. Oh, Mama, I have been swung around the room in all directions. Its is such a grand ball, don't you think? Listen, dear, let me sip some cordial. My throat is quite right. Yes, of course, madame. Prince Alexander has begged to dance since I've already danced with his brother. Do you like them? Of course, Mama. They're quite charming. His Majesty wishes to speak with Her Royal Highness, the Princess Victoria. Oh, Mama. Shall you come with me? His Majesty wishes to talk to you, not your Mama. You must go immediately. Be prudent in your responses. Yes, Mama. I trust you have followed my instructions, Baroness. The Princess must show due respect, but not too much approval. Her Royal Highness is well versed, and her posture is much improved. Stand close by. When the King has finished his audience, bring her back to me. She must not be distracted.
0: Yes, Your Grace. Quite splendid young men. A credit to the Prince of Orange.
1: Indeed, Your Majesty. It has been a
0: pleasure to meet them at last. And I am sure the pleasure is reciprocated. You are growing into a fine girl, Victoria. Victoria. Despite your name, I was never fond of Victoria... but it suits you better than I would have thought. You will steal a young man's heart and be victorious. Your Majesty is teasing me. A girl should be teased. So, which of the two takes your fancy? Alexander or William? I cannot judge, sir, on such short acquaintance. Well answered, child. We must ensure that we have the opportunity to get to know you better... Your mother and that Conroy fellow have hidden you away for too long.
1: Dear Uncle Leopold, the Netherlander boys are both very plain and have a mixture of Kalmuk and Dutch in their faces. Moreover, they look heavy, dull and frightened and are not at all prepossessing. So much for the oranges, dear Uncle. My priorities lie closer to home. I want to know how people less fortunate than ourselves... Survive. Don't open it more. We don't want you to get wet, child. But just imagine, Mama, having to live in such conditions no matter how inclement the weather. Gypsies choose their way of life. Quite right. So why aren't they allowed to live in peace without interference? Because they are different. No, Mama, they are not. I wish... I wish more than anything that we could do something for their spiritual and mental welfare. Give them houses, I suppose. Make it possible for them to go to school. Stop them being blamed for every little thing that goes wrong. Any crime. Perhaps, madam, there should be more institutions built, like the Victoria Asylum for Girls. Yes, but we have to understand that gypsies have a certain way of life. And we should respect that. No doubt you will discuss this with Uncle Leopold. Close the window, Baroness. And of course I did write to Uncle Leopold. He thinks it is right for me to be concerned. I love him so very, very much. He is indeed il mio secondo padre, or rather solo padre, for he is indeed like my real father, as I have none. On his last visit, he warned me about the people around me. I know who he means. It makes me so unhappy that I cannot trust anyone wholeheartedly. I have decided that singing lessons would be beneficial and help to keep my spirits up. And there is something further to look forward to the forthcoming visit from my cousins Ernest and Albert. La 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 Please excuse the interruption, your Royal Highness, but the princess have arrived. Already? Oletsen oh, oh how exciting. Please excuse me, Signor Lablache. I must greet my cousins. No. No, I must be composed and perfectly serious. Am I flush, Leighton? Is my hair in order? Madame looks perfectly well. You can't just see them. Near the carriage. Where? Where? I wonder which is Ernest and which is Albert. Ernest is as tall as Ferdinand and Augustus. He has dark hair and fine dark eyes, and intelligent expression in his countenance, and has a very good figure. Albert, who is just as tall as Ernest, but stouter, is extremely handsome. His hair is about the same colour as mine. His eyes are large and blue, and he has a beautiful nose, and a very sweet mouth, with fine teeth. But the charm of his countenance of expression which is most delightful. C'est la foi full of goodness and sweetness and very clever and intelligent. Ernest will be 18 years old on the 21st of June and Albert 17 on the 26th of August. Oh, Alice, that was quite splendid. Albert has a finer technique, oh. but thank you, dear cousin.
0: Uh, let us play a duet. Oh, I ah. should
1: love that. What will
0: you play? No, I mean that you should play with Ernest, Victoria. Uh, ah, but as I have already
1: entertained you with my virtuoso performance, oh. I insist that you take your turn.
0: And if we play,
1: then you should sing. Uh, Schubert! Rose amongst the heather. <gasps> but you must remember that I have only just started lessons. Oh.
0: <laughs> we will do very well. <laughs> <laughs> If you brought your chair out here, you'd see the whole of the horse chestnut.
1: Oh, I like it here, with the
0: branches framing the whole scene. Ah, yes, uh, that's good. Let me see your sketch. A little drawing of Dash. When we go home, I will treasure it as a remembrance of my visit. I, I like to have reminders of my travels. And of people. Eh? <laughs> and of people. His friends and cousins. But I keep a journal as well.
1: Oh, so do I. And like you, I sketch all kinds of things. Would you care to see my drawing books?
0: Of course. We've had such a pleasant time here, Victoria, and we would like you to visit us. Saxe-Coburg is as beautiful as England, and you could sketch to your heart's content. The more I see them, the
1: more delighted with them, and the more I love them. They are so natural, so kind, so very good and so well-instructed and informed. They are so well-bred, so truly merry, and quite like children and yet very grown-up in their manners and conversation. It is delightful to be with them. At nine, we all breakfasted for the last time together. Dearly as I love Ferdinand and also dear Augustus, I love Ernest and Albert more than them. Oh, yes, much more. Albert used always to have some fun... And some clever witty answers at breakfast and everywhere. He used to play and fondle dash so funnily, too. Both he and Ernest are extremely attentive to whatever they hear and see. I will miss them very dearly when they're gone. Be careful not to meet the eyes of these people. They are not worthy of your presence. But it's the king's birthday, Mama these are all his friends. And I am the only one here under sufferance. Why does he exclude my companions? He has never liked Sir John Conroy, and neither have I. Be careful what you say. You are still a child. A toast in celebration of the king's 71st birthday. His His Majesty Majesty the the King,
0: health and long life. I trust in God that my life might be spared for nine months longer after which period, in the event of my death, no regency would take place. I should then have the satisfaction of leaving the royal authority to the personal exercise of that young lady, the heiress presumptive to the crown." and not in the hands of a person now near me who is surrounded by evil advisers and who is herself incompetent to act with propriety in the station in which she will be placed. Oh. And although I have not seen as much of my niece as I could have wished, I take no less interest in her. The more I see of her, both in public and in private The greater pleasure it will give me I propose a toast to the Princess Victoria The Princess Victoria My carriage, immediately
1: I have never been so insulted in my life
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Queen Bee, The Life of Queen Victoria.
1: Remember, if you would like to support this podcast, you can look in the show description notes to find a link. Thank you, and have a great day.